Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Howdy friends. Welcome to August and welcome to your yogi scope, your yoga horoscope or yoga practices that will benefit you for the astrological weather happening this month. So I want to start as always with a housekeeping note. I asked in uh, the Facebook group, the Yoga Plus Astrology Facebook group, if you're not in there, it's always linked in the show notes. I'd love to have you. It's a good little fun community in there. Um, I asked in there if folks were enjoying these monthly outlooks and the response I got was yes. So I reckon I'll continue to do them. Um, but this is coming out. I usually like to put podcast episodes out at least once a week. And so I missed last week. Usually they come out later in the week. But anyway, I was at Asheville Yoga Festival, which is called Love Shine Play Festival now. Um, but it's a yoga festival in Asheville where I live. And so if I met you there, I'm super glad if you're here listening to this podcast. Thanks. Um, yeah, anyway, it was a good time. So I was there from Thursday through Sunday. So that's part of why this is coming out later than I intended. But such is life. I was thinking about it. I also like really the only days I had to work last week were Tuesday and Wednesday because my kids daycare teacher was sick. And so when my kids are home, like they go to daycare, but when they're home with me, I don't even attempt to work. And I'm always going back and forth, beating myself up. I'm like, should I try to work? Uh, and the conclusion I keep repeatedly coming to is no. Um, family values, my family, you know, I like being a value centered person. I value that. And my family is usually number one when I do like values exercises so that's how I show up and it is what it is. And that's why. Um, so anyway, that I bring that up because that has to do with some of the things I'm going to talk about this month is like, what are your values? What do you want to be value centered about? Like, why do you do the things you do? Why do you live life the way that you do? Um, and we'll talk about it some more. So let's get into what's happening astrologically. And then, of course, as always, if you're new around here, how it goes is I give an astrological rundown of what's happening, um, usually including some astronomical or myth archetypes of these astrological happenings that leads us into what are good yoga practices. And then, as always, some journal prompts to work with this stuff. So, um, and then always there's some tangents because that's who I am as a person. So what's happening this month? First of all, I want to say because I haven't really, I didn't really cover this stuff because it happened right at the end of July and I was covering the new moon and then I was, um, I would have covered this last week, um, but it already happened towards the end of last week. So on the 28th of July, Jupiter went retrograde in Pisces. 
And then on the 31st, which was just yesterday, as I'm recording this, I'm going to put this out as soon as I get done recording this on August 1st here. So you have your outlook for the month. Um, on August or on July 31st, Mercury moved into Leo from Cancer. So as I'm recording this, Mercury is still considered Gandanta, which means Gandanta is a spiritual knot. And so I'm going to talk more about what Gandanta means because we have several planets, um, lots of things happening in Leo this month. So like planets moving into Leo, we have a new moon in Leo towards the end of the month. So um, I actually haven't looked to see if that new moon will be Gandanta or not. But what's important is even if at the moment of the new moon, whether it's Gandanta or not, um, it will have just been, even if it's moved back because it's in Leo. And so I guess before I get too far down that rabbit hole, I should go ahead and explain what Gandanta is if you're unfamiliar. It's a Vedic astrology concept that, like I mentioned a moment ago, means spiritual not so. Um, but what it is astrologically is from the last pada, which is... Um, so padas are sections... If you know, like, if you know the Yoga Sutras, the Yoga Sutras have chapters, and each chapter is called a pada. So it's kind of like section, but it really means foot. Um, so each uh, nakshatra, each lunar mansion has four padas, four feet, if you will, four sections. Um, so that's just one way to even break the sky down even further. So if you know Vedic astrology, this is your first episode of this podcast, welcome, now you know. But if you know this, in Vedic astrology, we have nakshatras, which are lunar mansions, which are just, they function the same way as signs, but they're just a little more specific because there's more of them. There's 27 nakshatras, there's 12 signs. So if you imagine the all the planets move in a circle around the sky, the ecliptic from our perspective um, and 12 signs, so 360 divided by 12, I don't know what that is. It's not important. Just know that it's a bigger number. There's more degrees of the sky. It's a bigger section of the sky than 360 divided by 27. So when you divide a pie up into more slices, the slices get smaller. There's your math lesson. Um, so basically, nakshatras are just more slices to the pie of the sky. Um, and then padas of nakshatras are even more slices. So that divides the whole 108, or I'm sorry, the whole 360 degrees of the circle around us on earth, um, into 108 sections. So that's pretty dang specific. That's like, you know, three-ish degrees per section, right? So anyway, the last, um, Pada of a of a nakshatra occupying a water sign, which the water signs for a quick refresher are Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. Scorpio is often mistaken for a fire sign because I think because it's ruled by Mars and it has this intensity. So that's a good example of Gandanta. When water and fire mix, there's intensity. Um, so. FYI, just the way the zodiac works, Aries is considered the first sign and it's a fire sign and it goes 
fire, earth, air, water, like Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. That's just the order of the signs. Their elements go fire, earth, air, water, and that repeats throughout the zodiac. So every time planets move from Pisces to Aries, um, then again from Cancer to Leo, and from Scorpio to Sagittarius, they're considered Gundanta when they're in that last few degrees of the water sign to the first few degrees of the fire sign. And just so you know, that's um, how those degrees are determined is by the padas of the nakshatras. So if, all you need to know is it's the last few degrees. It's as it's making that transition from one sign to the next um, from water to fire. So that creates what we call a spiritual knot. Or in my opinion, my interpretation of this is that it brings up spiritual knots. So let's just think about the archetype of a knot for a second. So if you think about like an actual knot, like let's think maybe you have a knot and a bungee cord or a rope or a necklace, you know, if you've ever had like a, a thin necklace, which is funny, I was already planning to talk about this on podcast this morning. And then I went to pick up my mala, um, to do some chanting before I recorded. Cause that's just a thing that I do. Um, it's, anyway, I went to pick up my mala and it was tangled and my mala has never been tangled before, but it was in my bag from, um, I had it at the Yoga Festival, and that might not have been the best decision of mine to just throw it in my bag, but I did, and so when I went to pick it up this morning, uh, it was tangled, and I was like, ha, that's funny, because I was already planning to come and talk about Gundanta and what that means and stuff, so just the universe throwing little God winks synchronicities, as it does. Anyway, so if you ever had a tangled necklace, like especially a thin chain necklace, like the smaller the chain, the more easily they seem to get tangled or just think about a, a rope with a knot in it. And it's kind of like to untie a knot, you have to, you don't pull on it because that makes it tighter. Uh, the same idea with a knot in a muscle. If you stretch a muscle that's really tight to the point where it has a knot, like if you have a knot in your muscle, stretching is not the move. Pulling on the ends of the rope is not the move. So whether it's a necklace, a muscle, whatever, you don't pull on the knot. You, uh, yeah, I was going to say you push on it, but if you think about it with a muscle or with like muscles don't push, you don't, you can't like push on a rope. It doesn't work that way. Um, you massage it, you massage the muscle, you massage like the, you kind of loosen the knot up in the rope, if you will. You try to get your fingers in there and, and create some space, right? So that's that's the idea of untying a knot. So um, just keep that visualization in your head as I start to talk about which planets will be Gandanta and what that means. But what I want you to envision is like, how do you untie a knot? If you want to untie a knot, maybe there's a knot, maybe you're like at the end of your rope and you need the knot to hold on to. I don't know. There could be some reasons why you don't want to untie knots. I'm not here to tell you on this public podcast whether or not that should be the goal, but just keep in mind that related to these, we'll talk about which planets 
um, are going to be Gandanta. And they're all, in fact, um, there's a bunch of planets moving from Cancer to Leo. Mercury being one of them. It, as I record this, it already is Gandanta. Um, so moving from Cancer to Leo. The moon is as well, actually. So we just had our new moon in Cancer. And as I'm recording this, the moon is in Leo, but it's already past the Gondanta point. So Mercury and moon are the two fastest moving astral bodies. Just FYI, they move super fast, which means um, their impact can be pretty, pretty mundane. Like that's on our day to day. If you look to what Mercury and moon are doing, you can give a lot of insight into why one day could be wildly different from the next but I also personally enjoy studying the slower moving planets and transits because I feel like that's the more subtle. I feel like personally for me, it's really easy to get into the weeds with um, with the faster moving planets and, and it doesn't feel as productive to me personally as studying the slower moving ones. But anyway, this is a weekly horoscope podcast, so we do talk a decent amount about the faster moving planets. But just with the background of our awareness being the, these slower things that are happening um, and how the faster moving planets can kind of affect the slower moving ones. So anyway, here's your list of stuff happening in um, this month, happening in August. So also FYI, these dates that I rattle off on the podcast, if you like try to, you know, you want to try to write them down or something uh just so you know the I make a planner every year for the following year and it's out for 2022 but given the fact that we're about halfway through the year it's 50% off right now so if you want to go get it for the rest of the year I mean there's still you can have August dates you know the, the last five months of the year August September October November December um have those ahead of time so you don't have to scramble to write them down and along with a bunch of other um activities for like goal setting, mindset work, stuff like that are included in the planner and a way to track your goals for the month, your intentions for the month. And so that's available in the membership. If you join the membership, it's already loaded in the membership portal. Or if you just want to grab it for 50% off, um, the code for that is June abundance. So you would go to yogiscopes.com slash 2022 and type in June abundance to get 50% off the planner, but here are the dates if you want to just write them down instead. So here's what's happening. On Saturday, August 6th, Venus is moving into Cancer. So FYI, towards the end of the month, Venus on August 31st will move into Leo. So towards the end of the month, Venus will be Gandanta. Um, and then into September it will. And then August 10th, which is a Wednesday, Mars is going to enter into Taurus, which is a Venus-ruled sign. So we're going to be talking about this sort of fiery energy around Venus um, and what that's about. And then on Thursday, August 11th, there will be a full moon in Capricorn, which FYI is where Saturn is retrograde right now. And it's also directly aspecting cancer so or sorry excuse me cancer and capricorn are across they sit across from each other in the zodiac so they're aspecting each other so all this stuff having happening in cancer is aspecting and being aspected by saturn retrograding in capricorn 
And which FYI, so is Pluto retrograding in Capricorn right now. So just FYI, that's going on. That's part of the dynamic, a very important part of the, the dynamic, I might add. Um, and then on August 16th, which is a Tuesday, the sun is entering Leo. So just before that day, the sun will be Gandanta as it moves from Cancer to Leo. And then um, on Saturday, August 20th, Mercury's entering Virgo. So you see that Mercury enters or enters. It moves insanely fast. It just entered Leo yesterday as I'm recording this. And in about, well, that's almost three weeks. That's about three weeks. It will be entering Virgo. It's going to spend a while in Virgo. We're going to talk more about Mercury and Virgo come September, come the end of the month, because just have this on your radar. I know it's not in August, but September, I think it's 10th. Um, around September 10th, I don't have the date in front of me right this second, and I have a lot of stuff floating around in my head, it's not that important. Around September 9th or 10th, Mercury will be going retrograde in Virgo. So Mercury is going to spend longer in Virgo this time, because it will be going retrograde there in September, but that's okay, because Mercury is multricone, which means at its strongest in Virgo. So when Mercury does go into Virgo, that'll be a good thing. Um, it's in Leo right now until the 20th when it enters Virgo. Um, and then on Wednesday, August 24th, Uranus is going retrograde in Aries. So right now at the beginning of the month, Uranus is with Mars and Rahu in Aries. So that's kind of a big deal. You might have heard even Western astrologers are talking about the Uranus North Node, they call it, and Mars conjunction. They're just talking about it in a different sign, I believe. I don't know. It's not that important, but, uh, so anyway, this is kind of a big deal because all of those planets are kind of, Uranus is about upheaval, um, to some degree, surprising things kind of, you know, like that. Um, and so is Rahu and then Mars just adding fuel to the fire there. Uh, that's a thing that's, that's going on right now towards the beginning of the month. And then, on Saturday, August 27th, there will be a new moon in Leo, which means, actually, you know what? I'm going to pause this and I'm going to check. Okay, I checked. The The moon won't be Gondanta at the point of the new moon, but if you've been around here for a while or if you haven't, um, the, the exact point that I say, like, this is when the new moon is, um, which FYI, it'll be 4.16 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I live on the East Coast of the United States, so like New York time, Eastern time, uh, 4.16 a.m., there will be a new moon on Saturday, August 27th. So over that Friday night, um, because remember, the moon moves very quickly, at 4.16 a.m. is the moment that the moon and sun can join astrologically. It's the moment they're the, at the exact same degree. That is the point that I give you as the newer full moon time. Um, it's either when... Uh, so it's it's the moment of the peak of the phase. But if you didn't know, of each phase of the moon lasts about three days. So a day and a half either side of that point. So while the moon is in its new phase, as it's leading up to that exact point of conjoining with the sun, um, it will be Gandanta moving from Cancer to Leo. It will be moving through that very first pada of Magha, which is the first nakshatra in Leo. So for what it's worth, another Gandanta thing. That's why I was going to 
talk about it uh, today. So, uh, and then lastly, on Wednesday, August 31st, Venus is entering Leo. So around that same time, Venus will also be Gandanta. So see, it's a lot. So Venus is going Gandanta later in the month. So is the sun. So is the moon. The moon is Gandanta. Just finished being Gandanta as I'm recording this. Mercury is now. Um, and then Venus will be later in the month. Um, sun, another new moon. Gandanta new moon towards the end of the month. So see why that's, it's kind of not a small deal. It, you know, which I, I also, so I mentioned this in the moon day that I did this morning, which FYI, if you didn't know, on Monday mornings for free, you can come at 6am Eastern time and get a little, so they got the people that came live and the members that can check the recording, got a little sneak peek of, um, some stuff I'm saying now. And we did an embodied practice and meditation. It's only 30 minutes long. It's free. It's open to the public. You just go to yogiscopes.com slash moonday to join. It's free and it's on Zoom and you can come and you can start your week off right. We always do an intention setting, gentle, gentle movement, usually seated or down on the mat. No real like standing poses. Definitely not sun salutations um, for those. So yeah, so join us. But they got a sneak peek. But as I was saying in there is that like while it's kind of no small deal it's also I want to be really transparent about some of these astrological things because I get the vibe that there's a lot of astrologers astrologers in the world there's a lot of energy in the astrology community that's like we're always in an unprecedented time like that's what it feels like to me they're always like we're in times we've never seen before and like yes while that's true I think I read something the other day that it takes some thousands of years or something or at least hundreds of years before the exact same chart will show up again. So charts are kind of like fingerprints in that way. But at the same time, these quicker moving planets, which those are the only ones that are Gandanta, it's like uh, Sun, Moon, Venus um, and Mercury are the only ones going Gandanta. That happens three times a year and the moon, it happens three times a month. So it's just something to be aware of. It's not like, I mean, I don't know. I did a whole episode about this on the science of light where like fresh start dates and things, you can treat literally anything you want, like a fresh start date. Like the only reason anything has meaning is because we give it meaning. Um, so if it, if it has big meaning to you, if every time planets go Gandanta, it feels hugely meaningful to you that could be because maybe you have one of those planets Gandanta in your birth chart so you would look and see if you have something in the last pata of Ashlesha or first pata of Magha nakshatras Um, and if you didn't know when when you request a pdf of your birth chart from me um it will have that information. It will have that information of your nakshatra padas. And that's also something free that I do when you join the Facebook group. There's a place you can request it there. And FYI, I'm going through, I, they, they've kind of piled up. I'm going to go through tomorrow and catch up on sending some charts. Um, and you can also email me and just ask for that. And I will gladly send them to you. But the reason they kind of pile up sometimes is because I really do put some thought into 
the interpretations I give. And if you want to email me and ask specific questions, I'm always open to that. I love hearing from you all um, because the podcast is just kind of me shouting into the void. So I love when the void shouts back. You know, I love when y'all email me or like ask questions in the Facebook group or message me on social media. Like I'm here for you. I'm a real person. It's just me here. Like there's not some team that you're going to get like an automated message from. If you do get an automated message, I'm the one that wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, so like when you download the chart decoder, I do have an email sequence that goes out with that, but I wrote it and it came from me. So anyway, I, I just, I hope y'all feel that like personal communication is fine. You can reach out to me. I love it when you do. Um, so if you do have Gandanta planets, especially one of these quicker moving ones, it might feel more impactful to you. I don't. So that's why I'm like, ah, there's other things that are more important, right? You know? So, um, that's why I always kind of like, I don't try to talk about myself just to do it. Like I always, I want to illuminate what my personal biases might be because this is just my perspective. I can only tell you about things from my perspective, but I can also illuminate what my perspective is so that you can take everything I say with a grain of salt and know that if your experience is different, there could be a very good reason for that and doesn't mean either of us is wrong. So anyway, um, quick rundown of, I always like to kind of look over everything that's happening and tell you what's a, what it's a good month for, what it's a bad month for. And then as always your yoga practices and journal prompts. So here we are now. It's a good month for nourishing love and connection. Um, so because we have Venus, moving through cancer most of the month at the very end of the month it's moving into leo um as it moves gandanta venus it might be a good time to kind of release things spiritual blockages related to love to what you want in life so i kind of started to say this at the beginning is like you should know or should no nobody should should all over themselves right um you it is a good idea to have your values in some form of clarity because when you know what your foremost values are in life you're able to easier make decisions based on those like for example I don't teach yoga in the evenings and rarely do I do it on the weekends because evenings and weekends are for my family and that's just the way I've set up my life I work you know, the mornings during the week and then the afternoons I'm home with my kids and my husband and my family and I'm cooking dinner and I'm being mom and same thing on the weekends. And that's just how I've set up my life. And because that's a really important value to me and it makes it easier to make decisions of whether I want to commit to something or not. Um, because that's how I want to set up my life. So you might have something similar. What are your values? You know, other folks set it up different ways. Other, I know other parents, that are yoga teachers that teach in the evenings because they're home with their kids all day. And that's how they set up their life. And that's fine. You know, that's a personal choice. Um, so that's kind of the idea. If I was thinking, I was like, if I could make one, like I was thinking of my title for the episode before I even recorded it. And I was like, my, the one little phrase that's on my mind for this month is, but why though? You know, it's like, I was like meditating this weekend at Asheville Yoga Festival and the phrase that kept coming up is we should be asking, but why though? Like, why do you do the things you do? Uh, why do you believe the things you believe? Why do you follow the teachers you follow? 
Uh, if somebody tells you, if a teacher tells you something, I mean, this is why I started my whole podcast, The Science of Light, because, but why though, is just at the back of my mind all the time. Like when somebody tells me something or a teacher says something, I don't take it at face value. I say, but why though? And I investigate if it feels true for me or not. Um, and so I think that is at the heart of Gandanta. What feels true for you? Uh, ha- have you had blockages to your spiritual truth? And so remember, this is this is a spiritual knot. This isn't like uh, blocks. You know, it's not a knot in the way of getting in the way of you know making a whole shit ton of money, right? Like it's not that kind of blockage. It, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but I hope I'm making sense that, um, following a spiritual path is, it's more like following your Dharma. So why do you do the things you do? Why, what is your purpose? What is your Dharma? And so releasing spiritual knots might look more like releasing things that get in the way of your soul's progression, your spiritual progression, not your like climbing the corporate ladder progression, Um, which I don't know. I say all this with a grain of salt because it's like the four aims of life, right? Like Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. Um, we follow our Dharma for the purpose of reaching Moksha, right? Like spiritual liberation. We pursue our Dharma for the purpose of finding that liberation, Moksha. But along the way, we need Artha, we need wealth, we need... We need those financial pursuits and the pursuit of pleasure, comma, um, to kind of support us on that journey. So I'm not saying that those things are bad or wrong or not spiritual. I'm just saying like um, that I'm more referring to the Dharma moksha side of releasing knots. So um, like, for example, Venus being Gandanta, it might be less about... um, releasing whatever blocks in you or keeping you from getting the perfect partner more about like releasing whatever blocks are keeping you from fully giving or receiving love or fully giving or receiving pleasure. Right. So it's less about physical manifestations, external manifestations than it is about, um, spiritual, like what's going on internally type stuff. I hope that makes sense. I hope I explained Gandanta well, because it's something I misunderstood, I think for a long time. And maybe I still am misinterpreting it, but that's kind of what I was getting at is like, don't take anything I say at face value either, you know, investigate it for yourself. Find out if it feels true for you. Um, find out if it rings true. You can study elsewhere. I don't, you know, I think I've been wrestling with this concept of guru lately um, because I think there can be some some learned people. Like maybe there are people that know more stuff than we do. They've read more books. They've spent more time studying, whatever. I just don't think that makes those people any better or superhuman. Um, And I think I get red flags when spiritual teachers feel possessive and I'm I just want you to know I'm not that one I don't care I don't care if you learn from other people I hope you learn from other people 
Um, and I hope, I say this in my yoga classes often too, I hope that if anything, I can lead you closer to your inner teacher. That is my goal is not to like bestow some epiphany on you or bestow my knowledge. I don't think it's my knowledge that's going to lead to your epiphanies. I think it's my skill and training in guiding you to your own inner awareness. And that's kind of what Gandanta is about. Like, can you get closer to your own inner awareness? And can you kind of get your fingers in there, create some space to release the knot? Can you massage it out rather than pull on it to try and, you know, the answer to releasing these spiritual knots isn't pulling on them or applying force. It's making space and you know, kind of massaging them out as if it was a massage, like a, a, a knot in a muscle, right? Like, I think that that makes sense. When you have a knot in a muscle, you don't stretch that muscle, you rub it, right? Um, so hopefully that makes sense. So anyway, uh, that was a fun tangent. It's a good month for nourishing love and connection. That's where that tangent started. It's also a good month for sensuality and passionate expression that has to do with Mars and Taurus, um, Venus and Cancer, and even as Venus moves into Leo and the Sun in Leo, it's very, very sensual energy, very passionate energy, uh, shining sort of passionate creative energy going on all month, having to do with those things. It's also a good month for communicating your desires and intentions. So that has to do with um, Mercury transiting through Leo and towards the beginning of the month, Mercury being Gandanta. So that's like, like I said, but why though? Like, what is your intention and why? Not just like, what do you want from this life externally? Like, why do you want that thing? I think this is why I've been, this is just what's been on my mind lately. And thanks for coming here to listen to what's on my mind. Um, is like, do you want wealth? because you want wealth or do you want wealth because you want what you perceive to come with wealth? Like, uh, this is just an example. Like most of the time we perceive more wealth would bring us more security, more ease, more flow, right? Like that's, that's the idea. And to some degree it would, like, I, I want to acknowledge that if you're struggling to pay your bills or like whatever, to some degree, money does buy happiness. Like if, if you're experiencing food insecurity or housing insecurity, and those things are very, very real right now, especially more than ever. Um, so I don't want to dismiss that. I don't want you to feel like I'm dismissing that, but, but I do want to say in terms of manifesting, which is what I'm often talking about here, like using astrology and yoga to heal and manifest the life of your dreams. Like that's kind of why I'm talking about any of this stuff is so to help you all on that path. That's what I use it for. Um, use these tools for is like when you're thinking about your desires and intentions, are you thinking about it? What is it you're truly craving, right? Like, are you craving more wealth because you feel like a certain dollar sign amount would like, like, why, why do you want this? But why though? If I could just, give you one question, like just, but why though? Just question everything. Why? Um, at least that's, that's, I don't know. That's how I approach things. And I think it's, it's been very illuminating for me. Um, and then 
It's also a good month for remembering that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that is the energy of Mars and Taurus and the many retrogrades we have going on. So we have Jupiter retrograde in Pisces, which is also um, aspecting Cancer as well as Virgo, which remember is where Mercury is moving and will be Moultricone. So Mercury will do well there, but it will be aspected by a, a retrograde Jupiter. And then we have Uranus going retrograde in Aries which is where Rahu is later in the month. So we have a lot of retrograde energy, which just means go back, review, hunker down, don't expect to make a whole lot of outward progress. Um, and what would support your outward progress is to review your structures and your habits, like with Saturn, um, go back to your teachings and, and stuff that you know to be true. And so that's what I think I hear a lot of folks say with Jupiter retrograde, I hear all the time is like, go back to your guru, go back to your teacher. And I'm like, no, go. What I think with Jupiter retrograde is go to your inner guru, go to what you believe to be true. Why do you follow certain teachers? Probably because what they say feels, it strikes your inner truth, right? So I don't know. I just like, I've heard a lot of I just don't like the guru model. Honestly, I don't like I don't think there's any one person that like is a better human than any other. I think people just have different resources, different perspectives. And I think there's a lot of value. Um, so one of my favorite teachers that I consider a guru, in fact, is um, she says the seat of the teacher always moves. And she might have even heard that from somewhere somewhere else. I don't know if she coined that phrase, but this idea that everybody is your teacher. Um, and what I want you to do with Jupiter retrograde is to clear the noise, clear the clutter and go to what feels true for you. So that question, but why though, you know, when somebody tells you something, I hope you ask, but why though, you know what I mean? And when something comes up in your head or thought, I hope you ask yourself, but why though, right? Why are you doing the things you do? Why do you desire the things you desire? That's a lot of the retrograde energy. And then also with Mars and Taurus. Just quickly, Mars is this fiery. Mars is the warrior. Mars is like, let's get some shit done. Let's take care of some things. Let's handle business. Like that's very Mars energy. Um, and then Taurus is very much more slow and steady wins the race. It's ruled by Venus. Taurus just wants to enjoy things, enjoy the process, enjoy, you know, um, it's a, it's a bull, right? So it's like, it has this more earthy, heavy, um, also sensual. So that's why I bring up the the sensuality and passion thing. Like that's why that energy is extremely present. Another reason this that energy is extremely present. But um, Mars and Taurus is like it's an energy of like digging your heels in, um, doing the deep work. Uh, more so than it's like slow and steady wins the race kind of energy to me. That's how I interpret it. So explore it for yourself. See what it feels like. I always encourage, you know, um, so that just as a reminder, it's entering Taurus on next Wednesday, August 10th. Um, so maybe we'll talk more about it. If you have questions, you can let me know um, and see how it feels for you. But that's how I suspect it'll feel. It's like a, a dig deep, um, get to the root of things like do the deeper work, especially with all these other 
these other planets being Gandanta? Like, what, what are you releasing spiritually in your deep work, right? Um, so that's what I think of that. What is a bad month for? Predictability, first of all, because we have Uranus going retrograde. We have Mars and uh, Uranus and Rahu conjunct now, right now at the beginning of the month. They're all conjunct in Aries and then Mars will move on, but Uranus will be going retrograde with Rahu in Aries. So that's just adding to the predictability energy. It's a bad month also for being bullish about love and relationships. And I just wrote that down in my notes because that's what I felt like was a good way to describe it regarding to the um, Mars in Taurus energy. So that I think this is just my interpretation. This is what I've seen. Mars and Taurus can bring up some stuff like jealousy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It can bring up, it can bring up some harder things. There's always a shadow side to everything, right? Um, but just try not to be too like my way or the highway or, you know, just try to be careful because also Venus being Gandanta later in the month can add some sensitivity to love stuff. But I think, like I was saying, if you kind of work through it, get to your deeper desires, get to your deeper intentions. Can you release anything? You know, sometimes we become jealous or possessive because of some perceived, um, you know, some perceived lack, right? Some perceived lack of being loved or cared for, right? So, so get to the root of those things, right? You know, if that does come up, this month. And then it's also a bad month for being overly indulgent because Jupiter retrograde and Pisces can bring that energy as well as Venus and Cancer and Mars and Taurus. All three of those things can kind of signify a, a desire to be overly indulgent because, so like I was saying, Mars and Taurus, it's kind of changing the energy that what normal Mars energy would be. So Mars rules over Aries. So it's it's in Aries right now and it will be moving out of Aries. So it's less of a forefront, like get shit done energy moving from that. When Mars moves from Aries into Taurus, it's going to be more like, let's chill. It's kind of like that, you know, that like dog days of summer energy where it's just like so hot outside that you just want to like, um, it reminds me of the song summertime by, uh, is it stick figure? Slightly stupid. One of those. I'm not going to sing it. I was about to sing it, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, not this sublime song is not the one I'm talking about, but yeah, that one too, the sublime summertime and the living's easy, that kind of energy Mars and Taurus, I think. Um, so just be careful. If you do want to get some shit done, don't indulge too much in either whatever Jupiter's asking you to indulge in, wherever Pisces is in your chart or where cancer is. So in the membership, we're going to talk about in our weekly yoga practices, which coming soon will be a drop-in option, but I haven't worked out the tech all the way. But if you want to join the membership, if you drop in like once, really twice, you know, you've totally gotten your money's worth. Um, we'll be exploring these yoga practices, which are, we'll be doing third and fourth chakra work. We'll also be talking a lot about the flowing of prana, um, releasing blockages, which are sometimes called granthis. Um, in the body that can block the flow of prana. We'll be talking about chakras. We'll be talking about um, releasing blockages spiritually, mentally, physically, 
um, because of all this Gandanta energy. And so we won't, sorry, we won't just be talking about it. Um, I'll be talking about it on the podcast. We'll be practicing it in our Wednesday flows that right now are membership only and y'all will be the first to hear, maybe not, my probably my email list will be the first to hear when I do have a drop-in option. So jump on the email list if you're not already and just know in the membership we'll be going over on this week's uh, membership episode, we'll be going over sort of the interaction of all this stuff based on your rising and moon sign. You'll get your own personalized yogi scope. So I'm grateful that you're here. Let me know how I can support you. I would love to go over your chart more in depth with a reading if you would like, or you can always email me and get a PDF of your chart. Grab the birth chart decoder, yogiscopes.com slash decoder and start diving into it yourself. Thank you so much for being here. Please keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light. Take care, friends.